This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. From Luke 1.26-38 NIV God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. From Matthew 1.19-24 NLT Joseph, to whom Mary was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. From Luke 2, 1-7 ESV. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. I've been thinking a lot about the word Christmas lately and how I think it should be renamed Christmas. Because Christmas, like life, is messy, isn't it? When we think back to that first Noel, to that original silent night, to that night before Christmas, it wasn't as so many of our nativity scenes, cards, and ornaments portray. It wasn't serene, clean, and safe. It was messy. It was dangerous. It was scandalous. The circumstances surrounding Jesus' birth are quite something to behold. There was mystery and wonder. A virgin womb carrying the creator of the universe, including the very room in which he was now entombed a shining celestial star pointing the way to where the light of the world had entered into his own creation. Hordes of angels declaring peace and goodwill to all the earth. But there was also turmoil, 
a power-hungry, unstable king who, once he hears about the supposed king of all kings being born, decrees for all baby boys two years old and under to be murdered so that no one can challenge his reign. A nation groaning for their deliverance, still waiting after hundreds of years for a seemingly silent God to fulfill his promise. It's into this that Christ came. A world broken and messy, but a world that still bore the fingerprints of his making and the beauty of his heartbeat. And it's precisely into this great mystery, this glorious paradox, that we still find ourselves in today. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and there will be no end to the peace he brings. He is the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. But yet there is still darkness in the world, and we find our hearts often lacking peace. When the wars continue to rage, the natural disasters spread their devastation, the governments abandon their people, where is the light shining? When we lay a loved one six feet underground, take another aching step with this burden of sickness, or when our hearts break under the weight of loneliness, where is this peace to be found? But it is precisely there in those moments that we find it. This is the paradox of faith at work. We don't need light when there's light all around. We need light when the darkness comes. Light only works when there's darkness to be overcome. And just as courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the acting in spite of our fear, so is peace not the absence of turmoil, but rather a state of being amidst turmoil. And what can we say of hope? Well, Henry Nouwen puts it best when he says this, Hope is not dependent on peace in the land, justice in the world, and success in the business. Hope is willing to leave unanswered questions unanswered and unknown futures unknown. Hope makes you see God's guiding hand not only in the gentle and pleasant moments, but also in the shadows of disappointment and darkness. No one can truly say with certainty where he or she will be 10 or 20 years from now. You do not know if you will be free or in captivity, if you will be honored or despised, if you will have many friends or few, if you will be liked or rejected. But when you hold lightly these dreams and fears, you can be open to receive every day as a new day and to live your life as a unique expression of God's love for humankind. There is an old expression that says, as long as there is life, there is hope. As Christians, we also say, as long as there is hope, there is life. Hope can be found in the places of our emptiness, our brokenness. It nudges us gently towards what is yet to come. And what is yet to come? Well, the answer to that has already been given. It has already been done. It started with the baby in the wooden manger and ended with him hanging on a wooden cross. Buried in a tomb, the light of all the world snuffed out like a bright flame. And when he rose again, he ushered in a new understanding of what hope and peace and deliverance really meant. He showed us that there is more yet to come. 
a time and place beyond time and place where peace is everlasting, joy constant, and hope eternal. But we are not there yet. And the good news of great joy that Christmas brings to us is that in the meantime, now, while we're on the journey toward that eternal hope that is already ours in Christ, He also steps down into our mess and walks with us every step of the way. This is the mystery and paradox of Christmas at work again. The King of all entering into the lowly place to help us along the way that He's already made for us. So maybe you've been told the Christmas story a hundred times over. Maybe you only know it in pieces from what you've heard from carols or as a child. Or maybe this is the first time you've encountered it. Wherever you are on your journey, know that the Christmas story is an upside down, audacious, history changing thing that has meaning for you. The baby Messiah born for us was born for you. In the midst of your trouble, your despair, your aching heart, He is there. Perhaps it is time to lift up your eyes and see the light.
to those afraid in the night, lift up your eyes and see the light. You know, Christmas is the invitation to see the light. I'm so looking forward to this week. In fact, I'm looking forward to sharing Christmas with all of you. Don't forget, we've got some special things planned. Christmas Eve candlelight service, six o'clock at the Reardon campus. For those of you who can make it in person, it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna lead that service with the band. We also have a specially designed Christmas morning online service. I'm gonna teach a message. We're gonna have a wonderful time just to remember the birth of Jesus. So that and then a couple of other things that we've got going on. We've got a little live service as well on Christmas morning. You know, our goal, our desire, my desire is for all of you to be blessed, encouraged, not stressed out so that it won't be, uh, you know, stressmas, but Christmas. I want it to be Christmas. And that's going to require some intentionality on our part to settle our souls and to stay open to the Lord at this special time. It really is an opportunity as people all over the world are turning to embrace the light of Jesus. May the love of Christ be yours. May the blessing of the Savior who has come be yours. And may the Lord keep you in every way, wherever you need the touch, in your spirit, uh, in your soul, maybe in your body or in your mind. May he keep you in every way. May this Christmas be a blessed time for all of us. And may the goodness of God be yours now and always. That's my prayer in Jesus' name.